September 6th, last Wednesday, former Vice President Mike Pence addressed the nation, calling for Americans to reject the, quote, siren song, end quote, of what is considered to be a populist movement. I assume he is referring to the America First movement. Instead, he called for traditional conservative principles to be restored as a guiding light to America, and particularly when we are going to the election booths to vote for America's next president. But in reality, we have had no such thing as traditional conservative principles being applied to our nation for many decades. In fact, our government has now fully ignored the Constitution for a good number of years, and it now fully rejects the Constitution. The question is, as Americans, do we reject the Constitution? According to our founders of this great nation, it's time to abolish this government and just start over. And that may very well be not just a good idea, but a necessary ingredient to preserve our nation. Well, Mike Pence's speech at Anselmo College in Manchester, New Hampshire, told us exactly that he was fully aware of his faux pas of not challenging the 2020 election, which most certainly was within his legal power to do. Make no mistake about that. But he called Donald Trump's appeal for him to investigate voter fraud, quote, unmoored, end quote, meaning having no precedent or constitutional basis. And Pence said Trump's motives were based on personal grievances. Is that really so? Was Donald Trump a victim of such a superego that he really did not believe that voter fraud took place in the 2020 election, because this is exactly what Mike Pence is saying. Now, good old boy Pence also warned that if voters don't return to the Republican status quo that he is describing, well, the Republican Party, you know, we've long known will cease to exist, he says, and the fate of American freedom will be in doubt. Those are the words of Mike Pence during this speech. Now, we need to catch this. What is Pence implying here? And we must listen very carefully to his words. What he's saying is that the fate of American freedom is not presently in doubt. And with that, let's just say that Mike Pence is absolutely not the voice of America or the voice of Christianity. You're listening to Unity Without Compromise. This is Dr. Steve Latulip. I'm grateful for you being here and joining me. And today I want to discuss the issue of who and what America really is. Should we be following Mike Pence's lead? Because, you know, Mike Pence is a Christian. That's what he tells us. But what about Mike's Christianity? Now, I don't want to attack anybody's religious belief. 
uh, I don't care if it's Muslim or Hindu, Buddhist, whatever. I don't like attacking people's religion. But when it comes to a, someone who claims to be a brother in Christ, then I have a responsibility, according to the Bible, to challenge it if I see that he is misguided or leading people astray. Let's remember the words of uh, Matthew or Jesus, actually, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 15 and 16. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Okay, so we are given a very distinct uh, lead or sign, evidence, if you will, whether or not someone is truly a Christian based on the fruits that they are producing in their lives. In other words, what good are they yielding? Now, Mike Pence claims to be a Christian, but what fruit has he produced? What does he really stand for? We, none of us should be quick to criticize a professing brother in Christ, but we must also hold each other accountable. And I think this is necessary right here. I am not at all questioning the faith of Mike Pence, but his judgment seems very poor. And if I may say so, his actions are very cowardly. Just because one claims to be a Christian also doesn't mean one can necessarily be trusted. I assure you, when I was in the military flying, flying fighters, I would not choose to have a good number of professing Christians to be on my wing flying into enemy territory, say, for a strike package. I just would not trust them to bail on me when the pressure came on. And in my humble opinion, that is exactly what Mike Pence did to all of us Americans at the uh, once we heard the outcome of the election, once we saw all the evidence of those very mysterious changes of all the votes uh, in the middle of the night and so forth, we knew there was foul play. Any idiot could have determined that fact. Mike Pence knew it, too. And so what I'm saying is that when Mike talks about calling us back to our traditional conservative principles, I would suggest that these words are cheap because Mike did not do that. And he has not done that. He has not stood, in my opinion, for a Christian America, for a righteous America. I think he's a coward. And I just have to say that there are too many church leaders all around America who simply avoid the political issues of our time. And like Mike Pence, they, they say that God just doesn't want us involved in, in worldly issues. Let's just focus on the principles of the Bible, the things that God tells us to do, uh, but ignore everything that's happening around us. And let me tell you, that is pure nonsense. When Jesus walked this earth, he went to the sinners and he called them to repentance. He went to the villains of the day, to the leaders of the church, to politicians, 
and he called them out. He did not mince words. He never once avoided politics, if you will. And he never shied away from addressing the real issue. And so what is the real issue? Well, the real issue has to be integrity of our hearts, doesn't it? I mean, let's just face it. Anybody can say they're a Christian. Anyone can say they're a Muslim, a Jew, or whatever. And I see a good number of these people. And frankly, I think that the majority of them that I have come across are insincere when it comes to following their professed faith. And that is a problem, but it's also very much our human nature. We are kind of like water or electricity. We like to take the path of least resistance. And we have, in fact, done that in America. And that's why we are in the wretched mess that we find ourselves right now, because we did not stand on principles. We did not act. We rather sat down and just let things happen, even though things are falling apart everywhere we look. And when we complain about it, when we grumble, when we finally get a little frustrated because it starts to personally affect us, then we tend to raise our voices. But then again, just like with Mike Pence, talk is cheap. We have to not sit on the fence. It's a weak excuse to sit on the fence and do nothing because there's no risk in that. There's no threat. And just comfortably hiding behind a pulpit as a preacher is pathetic. It is a form of cowardice. It is the salt that has lost its flavor. It is worth nothing. Throw it out. That's what Matthew 5.13 says. Uh, we have other people coming forward, I think in their frustration, in their anger, maybe. Uh, take Oliver Anthony, for example, uh, this musician who uh, just produced a number one hit, Rich Man North of Richmond. He was criticized recently by Sebastian Gorka. <clears throat> and Gorka says, um, well, well, he says that he, he calls him out for being a hypocrite because uh, Oliver Anthony stated, I don't support either side politically, not the left nor the right. I'm about supporting people and restoring local communities. Now, that's maybe what Mike Pence is saying. But um, and, and then he tells us, go breathe some fresh air, please, you know, and then get with your family. Well, you know, that is called fence straddling and it doesn't work. And, and specifically, as Sebastian Gorka did point out, he says, when one side wants to destroy you, you have to choose a side. And unfortunately, um, not the right side or the left side is, is going to maybe avail a whole lot. But in my opinion, we need to choose God's side. We all have to choose a side. There is no such thing as neutrality in an evil world, there is a constant battle between good and evil, and we must pick a side. So what do we do? Well, maybe Oliver Anthony was trying to remain neutral for some noble cause, you know, to lead other people to Christ. Um, he was invited on Joe Rogan's podcast 
right? And and he read scripture to him. People said that he shared the gospel with Joe Rogan. Well, no, he did not share the gospel with Joe Rogan. The gospel is the message of salvation, how to become a Christian so that you may reap the benefit of eternal life. Um, that is not what Oliver Anthony did with Joe Rogan. He simply read the book of from the book of Proverbs. He read Proverbs chapter four, verses 20 through 27. And in verse 27, it says, do not turn to the right or to the left. Now, that is not at all a political statement. It is simply a reference to staying on the straight and narrow path of doing good and turning away from evil. And in fact, it says that in the second part of verse 27, it says, remove your foot from evil. So stay on the straight and narrow. Don't turn right or left. That has nothing to do with the, the leftist progressives or the right-wing uh, uh, conservatives. It has everything to do with simply staying on the path of righteousness and doing good. Um, but being a Christian does not at all mean being neutral. So that was a misuse of that scripture. I'd almost call it an abuse of the scripture because it is a poor excuse for saying you are neutral when in fact you sing a song of disgust and in essence a song of rebellion against unrighteousness. So I, I very wholeheartedly uh, agree with the song with what he is singing, but I don't agree with his position. It's like he copped out. He did exactly what Mike Pence did. Mike Pence has always touted Christianity in, in kind of obscure ways and I'm always a little skeptical of people who do that. I would much rather see your actions that tell me without words that you are a Christian rather than reading uh, on your bumper sticker, I am really something special because I'm a Christian. Um, I, I just always seem to see a disconnect. The more that people shout out that they are a Christian, the less Christian they tend to be. And I want to really drive this point home, and that is that neutrality is just a pitiful, poor excuse for having no strong convictions whatsoever, and I don't like it. But at least Oliver Anthony did make a statement, and yes, it was a very political statement, and I'm referring to his song, and that's okay. It was a good statement. It needed to be said. He could have much better driven the point home if he spoke with conviction about his real feelings that he's, he is hypocritically trying to hide. It's superficial. I can see right through it, and I don't like that. Now, if we take a look at uh, um, a few elements of Mike Pence's speech, uh, it was a speech uh, discussing, well, the title of his speech was Populism Versus conservatism, conservatism, uh, Republicans' time for choosing. So uh, this was this speech was advertised as Mike Pence coming out and painting himself as the only classical conservative who is in this 2024 race. Everybody else is off base. You need to listen to me. Now, that does come across as very snobbish. And the way Mike Pence put it forth in his speech, he was most certainly... Uh, snobbish. 
And he was very vehemently opposed to populism. But let's define our words. What is populism? Well, a lot of people would come up with uh, a lot of different things. Uh, it was actually hard to find any kind of an actual definition of populism other than a people's movement. And so I kind of came up with my own based on what I am seeing transpiring and what populism has meant historically. And it is this, it's a political movement, if you will, or a philosophy that recognizes the ideas of the people in favor of an elitist establishment, or if you will, a party of status quo, which I think very much represents Mike Pence and what he is pushing right now. And the reason why he will fail so miserably is because people have heard this message before uh, a thousand times, if not a million times, and they're frankly fed up with it because look where we are. Were we any better in the 60s than we are now? That's highly debatable. It was a time of revolution. It was a time of rejection of a lot of godly principles that were previously held, at least by uh, a significant portion, and I believe the majority of the American people. So when Mike Pence says he is against populism, um, he is calling it anti-establishment and favoring the will of common folks over a what Mike Pence re regards as an elitist um, bureaucracy. And that's called an aristocracy. And most aristocracies, I can't think of any exceptions, they are all oppressive. And what Mike Pence pushes for, um, I believe at its core is not, not practically Christian. It is not functionally Christian. Mike said that Republicans have been drifting from the hallmarks of conservatism for some times. Uh, and he regards, he actually relates this to abortion. Uh, of course, abortion has become a big issue for the left, especially since Roe v. Wade was overturned. He speaks about the Reagan doctrine, about national debt, Social Security, and Medicare. Well, you know, when I even hear Social Security and Medicare, I want to vomit uh, I, because it makes me think of corrupt government. I mean, the whole system of Social Security was, was founded on stealing money from us. If we put away the money that the government took from us with every paycheck from our hard-earned dollars, if we took that money and invested it ourselves, we would be uh, wealthy when we retired if we got all that many money back invested. But the very opposite of that happens. The government has stolen that money, has not replaced it, and has, on top of it, taxed us extremely heavily, and it's only getting worse. So when I hear about Social Security, I don't get a good feeling in my gut. It's just the opposite. And likewise with Medicare. Here I am, a retired uh, military man, an officer. I served well um, throughout my military career. And what benefits do I have from Medicare? Well, I'm forced to uh, participate in Medicare uh, if I want to uh, have TRICARE or whatever the new name is uh, for you know, the uh, medical insurance 
for uh, retirees in the military. Um, it, it's all a scam. Everything is but a scam. And that is the conservatism, uh, conservatism that Mike Pence is talking about. And it disgusts me. It is, um, it is producing nothing good other than a whole bunch of national debt. And that's continuing to get worse. And what I... Uh, what I really get frustrated about uh, with Mike Pence's talk is that he tends to want to put an emphasis on God-given rights, and he talks about the limits of the Constitution. And, you know, in, in many aspects, I agree with him on that. There are limits to the Constitution. There's the old saying, you cannot uh, legislate morality. Now, that is a false statement. You have to legislate morality. That's what police officers do every day of their lives. Uh, you, If somebody points a gun to your head, you, you will hope that somebody will legislate morality very quickly and say, no, you should not do that. You should not murder um, someone. And that is legislating morality. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. But what some people say is, well, we don't want a theocracy in America, which means that we cannot enforce the Bible. Like in the Old Testament, they had 613 laws, if you will, and they were divided into three categories. But the laws were mandatory. We were to obey them. And of course, the ones who disobeyed them the most and the most freely and the most callously were the Jewish leaders, the Sanhedrin, you know, the, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the ones who were supposedly leading the people were the greatest of all hypocrites. And that coincides with, um, with humanity, with our, our human flaws. If we you or I were to get in a position of authority, suddenly have a lot of power and a lot of money, there's a very good chance that we would be tainted, that we would be pulled off of that straight and narrow path. We would turn right or left, uh, as the Bible talks about, because we are human. And we have to be very careful about that. But, um, you know, I think that Mike Pence was uh, attempting to rebuke his former boss, Donald Trump. And he would never come out and say that, um, but he certainly did badmouth populism. Um, and it seems like he was equating it to the tyranny of the masses, which is kind of like a democracy. And that was raised, the issue of the tyranny of the masses was raised in um, Alexis de Tocqueville's work on uh, democracy in America. Um, but no, I don't think that populism uh, equates to tyranny at all. It is simply a yearning for liberty and peace, law and order, and freedom from all forms of government oppression. That is my idea of populism. That's why populism is so popular today, because the oppression of government continues to rise it is getting worse and worse all the time, and Americans are fed up with it. Is conservative, uh, conservative doctrine, political doctrine, is it really any better than anything else we've had? Well, it depends how you define it, I suppose. Biblical conservatism in itself is good, but enforcement of it is obviously an issue as the entire Constitution is based on biblical principles, um, and the Constitution has served as the law of the land. So 
we actually have biblical principles or uh, morality being legislated through the Constitution. But what would you rather have legislated? Sharia law? You see, if if a law is good, and we have to, of course, define good because what one person would call good, another person might consider evil, right? So we need a standard, of course, and that standard uh, for America has been the Bible. It has been biblical principles, and that actually led our founders to contrive a work that would effectively keep power constrained so that the people would remain free to pursue life in liberty and happiness for all time. And that is a good concept, but good and the definition of good comes from God because the Satanists of our time call evil good. And everything that we see right now is, is upside down. Good is being called evil. Evil is being called good. Good people, according to God's standard, are being thrown in prison every day right now. Uh, look at our J6 hostages. Look at so many people who have protested the murder of children, literally, honestly, sincerely trying to save a human life, and somehow they get thrown in prison uh, with a, a pretty high prison sentence compared to other murderers and uh, thieves of all kind, people who do horrendous things uh, like sexually abusing children and so forth, and they practically get off scot-free. So we definitely have that two-tier system of bias, of lawlessness uh, that is being perpetuated by our Department of Injustice, and that too is getting worse. So we have to ask ourselves, uh, is the Constitution or should the Constitution be suddenly uh, obsolete because nobody wants to obey the law? I mean, do you think that nobody wants to obey the law or the Constitution? Well, we have to have some standard. Otherwise, we will be subject to the whim of man. And that always, always leads to oppression, to poverty, to abuse of every kind imaginable. Some say that we cannot legislate morality, but as I said, that's exactly what the police do. That's why we hire them and pay them. Among the Ten Commandments, if you look at a few of them, for example, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not lie, um, that those commandments um, are mandated in some laws. If you perjure yourself in a court that is lying, you will pay a, a penalty. If you steal and get caught and in an honest court of law, which we have very few these days, you might have to pay a penalty because legislation is, is, is actually determining morality saying you don't have a choice. If you steal, you will be punished. If you murder, you will be punished. If you deceive someone, you will be punished. However, laws are only as good as society's willingness to obey and enforce them. And that willingness seems vacant right now, doesn't it? It, it does it exist any longer? I don't know. 
It seems like it doesn't, at least in government. But what about the people? What about the American people? Do you think that they like the laws? Do, they, do you think they appreciate the Constitution? Is it the people or is it the government primarily that has put aside the Constitution, that wants to destroy and trample underfoot the Constitution, the law of our land? Well, I think that the people as a whole want the Constitution enforced simply because we want law and order because we can benefit from it. Once we become a victim of it, as many people are now um, in the blue states, and I love seeing it because it needs to happen. Uh, the illegal aliens who are coming in and destroying property, defecating all over the streets, um, committing all kinds of crimes, raping, killing, stealing everything. Uh, all of a sudden, people in the blue cities of America, those liberal hellholes, uh, they're saying, whoa, I don't like this anymore. Time out. Something needs to change. Take them back. Stop sending them to our cities. And these are the sanctuary cities who said, yes, yes, bring all the illegal aliens to us. Well, suddenly they are reaping what they have sown. And I think it's a very good thing because it's what they will need to change. So what options do we have? Well, I would say maybe we could return to our roots. Now, I will contend forever, forever, that the Bible is the perfect standard. It is the standard of faith, the standard of daily living, of lawful living. It guides us in righteous living. And if we ignore it, then we become a godless society without any recognized God-given rights. And in that case, anything goes. Absolutely anything goes, and that is exactly where oppression begins. Ground zero is rejecting the Bible as our standard. With that, I'll take a short pause, and I will return to discuss what I think are some very critical issues that we need to consider if we are going to save America. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. 
click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for all. Well, here we are. This is Dr. Steve LaTulip on Unity Without Compromise. Please recall that my show is aired at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays, and I would highly encourage you to go to americaoutloud.news. You can get some great podcasts, some really awesome articles that are being written. Uh, realize that this is unfiltered, uncensored truth and honest discussions covering the issues of our times. Now, we don't always agree, all of us on the America Out Loud team. We are humans, we are conservative, we are seeking truth, we are after the ultimate goal of saving America, and um, that requires a lot of discussion, a lot of debate, a lot of sorting through all of the nonsense, all of the oppression that we are facing, making sense out of all the chaos and everything that we call crazy that's going on right now in our times. But we are covering the issues honestly, and that is what is going to bring the pertinent issues to our mind. And I hope you will access that resource and really spread the truth out there, spread our articles out there, share our ideas that you listen to on podcasts. Please have others listen to what we have to say. Today, I am talking about Mike Pence, whose speech, frankly, told us that Pence is neither representative of the voice of America nor the voice of real Christianity. He came across, frankly, as a pompous ass, in my opinion. Now, I am not challenging Mike Pence's uh, faith. I do not want to put down a brother in Christ, but I have to call, uh, it, call it like it is what I am seeing with what Mike said. He specifically attacks the populist movement, which is a code word for Donald Trump, by the way. This was the attack because Donald Trump is everyone's only real opponent, because in my opinion, he is the only legitimate uh, viable candidate in the 2024 election, period. 
So maybe Mike Pence is trying to put down his opponent in a nice way. You know, because I'm a Christian, I won't mention any names. But let me tell you, this is fake. This is hypocritical. Mike, you, you do better just to come out and say you're angry because Trump exposed your cowardice and possibly, possibly your pseudo-Christianity. When people wear a veneer, it's very easy to see through it. Let's face it. And when he said that, referring to Trump, he and his imitators, um, I, I'm not sure who the imitators was a reference to, who's imitating Trump the most, I would say probably Vivek Ramaswamy. But Ramaswamy, I assure you, is no Donald Trump, not even close. And neither is any other candidate, Republican or Democrat. In fact, if there was anyone who would at least come close to, to Donald Trump, uh, with regard to integrity, I would say that would be Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, but he's a Democrat. Are there any others? No, I don't think so. What Pence cannot honestly admit is that Trump transformed, revitalized, and united Americans based on his populist appeal. Pence doesn't like Donald Trump being popular. And I think that's what the real issue is with Pence, but you'll never get him to admit it. You will never get him to admit it. So um, I was talking about a standard. If, you know, Mike Pence is trying to call us back to a conservative standard, which was the status quo, uh, presumably Christian in its basis, but in practice and re reality, it was far from that, and it was forever more deviating from it, and that's why we are where we are right now. But let's face it, Donald Trump, for all that he is, being the loudmouth, being cantankerous, being a New Yorker, you know, in, in always in a New York state of mind when he is speaking, Donald Trump actually did more for Christianity than any other president before him. He acknowledged God regularly, as did many of the former presidents. And Donald Trump still does, by the way. But look at what he did. He restored so much of the damage that was done by an imposter president, Barack Obama. He was an imposter in every way he destroyed this nation, but Donald Trump helped to restore the damage. The economy, the military, he brought it back. Education with all the abuses and incompetence that is now promoted by teachers in the schools. Foreign policy, law and order. Donald Trump was improving all of this. Things were looking great. He lowered taxes tremendously. What did Donald Trump really not improve? And why would we not want more of this winning, as Donald Trump called it? Well, we really do have to decide a few things. I mentioned that the Bible is the perfect standard. And um, I'll never deviate from that. It guides us into the righteous living. And when we ignore it, society goes amok. It becomes impossible. Some people say that we ought to maybe just focus on liberty 
um, or justice rather than the Bible or Christianity for the sake of improving society. Uh, but, you know, that's nonsense. That's like saying, I'll do things my way rather than God's way. That has never worked throughout history of mankind, period. Never has it worked. Alexis de Tocqueville, the Frenchman who came down here uh, as a historian uh, and observed the American people early on in the uh, early 1800s, he said uh, that this nation is a nation of Christians. It was, uh, it was a powerful statement because he said the answer to America's success was found. He says, I found it in the churches. So that makes a really profound statement. America was a powerful nation because America was a Christian nation. Now, some people will make a distinction between a Christian nation and a nation of Christians. You know, that's semantics. Give me a break. Get rid of it. In both principle and practice, however, in principle and practice, this statement is no longer true. We have not acted as a Christian nation. Our government has not. We have enemies of Christianity who have infiltrated every single aspect of our government, and they have removed our identity as a nation of Christians. They would burn the Bible. That's what they want to do. And, and I assure you, they want to burn the Constitution. They don't want another election, a free election. Why do you think school prayer is not emphasized in schools? It was challenged, it's been challenged in the Supreme Court since 1962, and that is because public schools are operated by government agencies. The government needs to get the hell out of schools. And I say that literally because it is a doctrine of hell that kids are now being taught. But that's their argument. Because it's operated by the government, School prayer cannot be mandated. It has to be optional. Um, but why is government in education? Please, somebody answer that question, because they don't belong there. What religion do these agencies represent themselves who are in government and who are establishing the rules in public school? Well, I would say they're saying this, because... They promote everything e evil, right? They, everything that will pervert our children it has been brought into the schools. Kids don't learn the basics of reading, writing, and arithmetic. They don't learn the arts. All they learn all day long is perversion, critical race theory. They learn that they are not good because of their skin color. They learn that they are oppressive because of their genetics, they learn that they can be male or female, and they can choose their own sex. And there's a lot of people that'll confuse their little brains so that they don't know if they're a boy or a girl. This is disgusting. Likewise, in schools, where is the pledge of allegiance? Where is, uh, where is the emphasis on patriotism? It's not there. The pledge of, a re of allegiance is optional. It's, it's not enforced uh, anywhere, as far as I know, and specifically, the words under God were removed from the Pledge of Allegiance in nearly all the schools. And that really raises uh, the issue, I, which I think is the crux of the issue. As Americans right now, we have to decide who we are and what we want 
and then ask ourselves, how bad do we want it? These decisions are going to determine our fate. If we choose wrongly, then it is we the people who are guilty of destroying America. Okay, it's not going to be, we can't put this blame on our politicians just because they're corrupt. Not the world leaders. They don't say uh, what we do in, in America. It's not the billionaires either. It is us. It is we the people who have failed in our mission to preserve our government, which we have claimed. If we are a nation of the people, by the people, for the people, that means the people are responsible for preserving our liberties. And we so far have really dropped the ball on this. But who are we? And I'll say this, if we're not God's people, and I'm talking about from the heart and soul. Um, I know a lot of you reject Christianity because of your upbringings, because of the abuses you have faced, because of the spiritual abuses that you have faced. Or, or maybe you've never read the Bible, but you've heard it badmouthed. And so you will you will take that risk of, of having an eternal fate of damnation forever because you won't even look into the Bible yourself. You know, that, that's where we drop the ball. But if we are not God's people from the heart and soul, we are nobody. We can talk about freedom and justice all day long. We can emphasize it all day long, but we shall not have it. We won't have it because freedom and justice are gifts from God. They are. Happiness is a product of following God. If we are no longer one nation under God, then we'll soon be a nation gone under. And I didn't say that. President Ronald Reagan said that. And it is truth to the very core. The Bible has inspired people everywhere, in every nation. And whenever we follow its principles, we prosper and we live in peace. See for yourself. Look at China. Look at Russia. Iran, Iraq, North Korea, where do you find a society that has surpassed the precious values, standards, benefits of a Christian society? You don't find it anywhere. It just does not happen. We have to accept this as fact. This is the lesson of history. If there is one culminating lesson in history, this is it. Without a proper standard, God's standard, you cannot have a proper world. No matter what we say, no matter what we do, who we elect, who we want to emulate, who we want to have lead us, rule over us, it won't work apart from God's standard. So we need to define who we are. And if we are not God's people, then God will not help us. It's as simple as that. And we are doomed. The party is over. But if we can identify ourselves as God's people, then we have to really ask ourselves because it's not enough. I mean, look, Mike Pence says he is a Christian, right? But we have to ask ourselves, what do we want? What does everyone want? Well, peace is paramount, isn't it? Without peace, a nation cannot flourish. 
If there's no peace, there's no prosperity. And prosperity is nice. And that too is a gift from God. It is a gift from God. Reaping the benefits of hard work is a good thing. And happiness derives from peace and prosperity. If you want life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness, you have to belong to God. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 24 says, There is nothing better for a man than to eat and drink and tell himself that his labor is good. This also I have seen that it is from the hand of God. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 24 in the Old Testament, in the wisdom writings. But we cannot have peace or prosperity without law and order. Look at the Antifa BLM riots in 2020 and 2021. Blue cities, look at them now. They suffer from violence and theft, crime everywhere, without any hope of justice. I mean, these people are getting really desperate. They can't walk down the street without fear of being assaulted in some way. So where is peace? And how can their businesses prosper when everybody's going into the stores and walking out, not paying for anything? They're stealing. And there are no consequences for these crimes. Is this what Americans want? No, I don't think so. But it is what our government wants. And we have to face that fact. Do we even want a country? It's impossible without borders. We're losing our country. I think that most people in America do want safe borders, protected borders. That's the purpose of government. The one God-given purpose of government is to protect us. To protect us from those who would have their way with us. But what do you think your government wants? You think the government wants borders right now? No, they don't. You do. They don't. We are in a world of hurt. We are in a world of hurt. And returning to the, the historical principles of conservatism, uh, as Pence talks about, just isn't going to get it. Conservatism uh, has to have a foundation um, that is founded in, in truth. And that is backed up by action. And therefore, we need to really decide what we want. But then comes the real hard part. And that requires that we ask, how bad do we want it? Do you want peace? Do you want to know that your children can go to school and maybe learn something so that they can get a job in their future and provide for their families and raise their own children and have the blessings of family life without being tormented, knowing that they can have a roof over their head, they can provide food for their families and clothing. How bad do you want that for your kids? What is your personal conviction is what I'm asking. If your attitude is, well, you know, it would be nice, uh, yeah, to have peace and prosperity, sure, law and order, yeah, it'd be nice, but, but what? If you say but, then you're passive, and passivity is exactly what the enemy is counting on. They are just hoping that you will sit fat, dumb, and happy, 
and do nothing. That's why they take this country piece by little tiny piece so that you won't even notice that you are being invaded and destroyed. If you're saying, oh, that would be nice and not counting uh, on yourself doing anything to make it happen, you know, that's, that's kind of a definition of a loser. And you're going to lose your freedom and your country and you have no idea what that really entails. If you're one of these people that says, well, I'm really upset about this, and you make a lot of noise, but you still have no action, you're exactly like the, the entire Republican Party right now. They're just they're, There's a lot of noise, a whole lot of you know kicking up the dust. Well, I just don't like this. I mean, this is Mike Pence to a T. Anybody can raise a stink. But what are you going to do about it? If you don't intend to rock the boat somehow and bring about a change, then you're wasting your breath, you're wasting your time, and you are giving the enemy exactly what they need to conquer our country. And that is in action. Do nothing. Well, that's just the blatant, honest truth that I have to speak to you today. I'm disgusted by Mike Pence. I don't like what he stands for. The man is a hypocrite, and he has no foundation under him. He gives Christianity a bad name, in my opinion. But remember this. We have to ask ourselves, who are we? What is our national identity? Who are we? What do we want? And how bad do we want it? Well, I want it really bad. I want it so bad that I would do whatever it takes to preserve our freedom in America. And I know there are thousands and millions more like me out there. I believe that in my heart. You see, I just don't like substitute patriotism. And that's what Mike Pence offers. It is impotent. I don't like hypocrisy. It is a lie. I don't like being lukewarm. It has no conviction whatsoever. And so it will accomplish nothing. And I don't like all the pandering to fancy words and empty philosophies and seeming uh, stories that, that tell us we can do this any other way. Do you want to save your nation? We must be a Christian nation. There's no other way. If you bring, uh, try to bring in another way, it's going to lead us astray. It will get us lost in a dark forest and we will deceive ourselves. I just like getting to the heart of the matter and facing it honestly. That's what I want. Pence's classical conservatism is really elitism. It hasn't produced a more Christian America because it isn't genuine. And a populist movement can be either good or bad, too, let's face it. But Trump's version of populism gives due honor to the one true God of this universe. I like that. It promotes peace and prosperity. That's what he did. It defends and promotes a Christian nationalism that is based on the Bible. And I like that. 
for all Trump's roughness, he promotes the Bible and a Christian America. He knows something, doesn't he? Trump's populism upholds the Constitution as the law of the land, and it seeks liberty and justice for all. If only we will dare to apply it. And if, in our arrogance, complacency, and unfaithfulness, we choose otherwise, then all I can say is prepare for the storm, for war, for lawlessness, for poverty, for hopelessness and despair, because it's coming unless we the people stop it. You've been listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve LaTulip. Adieu.